0: Blob Talk Radio Blog Talk Radio Numerology is a system of ancient codes found in our birth information that gives insight... To the lessons we each must learn in this lifetime. Elizabeth Summers is a medium and esoteric numerologer Offering her knowledge of ancient wisdoms To help fellow travelers towards a more enlightened and peaceful path. Join her now for the magical world of Numbers. Here we are again together. That last sound on the introduction reminds me of the blizzard that our dear friends on the East Coast and up in the North on the East Coast have just gone through. So we all send them love and support and caring and blessings that, number one, they can dig themselves out. But secondly, to just do the best that they can, that the rest of us who are not in that situation, and we're thanking God that we're not, do send them our energy and their support and caring. They need to know that they're not alone. Well, welcome to the magical world of numbers. I am your host, Elizabeth Summers. I am an esoteric numerologist. I combine ancient number codes, 5,000-year-old, 2,600-year-old codes, Numerological codes that are a language to me. It's called numerolinguistics. And I'm translating information that I find in your birth certificate name and your month and your birth. When I do my readings for people, that's all I ask them. I don't want to know what's going on. I don't know if the kids are driving you crazy. I don't know if the husband, I don't want to know. Just give me that information. And we'll go from there. And I talk for about 45 minutes. Everything is recorded. And it just goes on. It just I do run my mouth. What can I say? Based on this ancient information. And I bring in astrology and ancient Tarot interpretations, And a tad of the Hebrew Kabbalah. Bundling it all together to help you understand your life, who you are, what's it all about, Alfie. And so every week on my radio shows, I think a lot, how can I help you understand you? How can I help you, using this very ancient information, move forward in your incarnation that actually you have programmed prior to your birth as human? Next month in February... I'll be talking a lot more about partnerships and soulmates and twin souls and information about how it all came about that you were playing out prior to incarnation. So be sure you stay tuned. And, you know, I just want to thank all of you who are my listeners because statistically, the downloads of my radio show is increasing exponentially,
1: and I have
0: only you to thank you. You must be telling your friends. You must be sharing. We are now on iTunes. We are now in Stitcher, and we are making, when I say we, my computer team, my IT person and I, and, well, the team that I have, the technological team, because you know, folks, I know how to email, and that's about it. And I know how to talk to you on my radio show. So therefore, there's other folks on my team that are far more techie than I am. But we are doing everything we can to expand our listeners. And you know, just to clarify, you can listen to my radio show 24-7. It's all in the archives on Blog Talk. It's all on the archives on my website, elizabethsummers.com or The Magical World of Numbers. It's on the archives on my Facebook, on my um, YouTube channel, Elizabeth Summers. It's all there for you. So if you get up in the middle of the night, which sometimes I do, I write the most fabulous newsletters at 2 o'clock in the morning when it's quiet and I think about things. Well, you might be one of those folks, too. So plug on, and we'll chat, and we'll visit. And then you'll go off to sleep. Well, tonight we're going to talk about Aquarius, a little bit more about the Aquarius personality, because we are in the astrological sign of Aquarius. I'm going to give you some more information about the Mercury retrograde that we are in, along the lines of mm, a couple specific issues. And then I want to talk to you about the number five and the number nine as it is connected to anger. Be sure you have pencil and paper because while you are listening to me, I want you to print, no cursive, print. while, your entire birth certificate name, first name, middle name, last name. I'm finding when I ask my clients who have contacted me to do readings, they sometimes neglect to put their middle name in there because they don't use it anymore. I don't use that name. And I say, I do not care. Your entire start numerological chart is based on your full first certificate name so all of you who are contacting me for readings would you please just remember that fact today i had someone who neglected to actually today and yesterday when i have them fill out the forms that they sent to they neglected to put in their middle name because they don't use it anymore one of them doesn't like it okay but that doesn't help me help you So anyway, print your full birth certificate name as we talk about Aquarius and we talk about Mercury retrograde. And in fact, I want you to print two times, one underneath each other. Leave a space, your full birth certificate name, because we're going to see how many fives you have in your birth certificate name, how many nines you have in your birth certificate name, so we need two separate names, actually, for the sake of clarity and simplicity for you. So let's talk a little bit about Aquarians. Last week, I chatted with you with Tad saying that their symbol, their iconic symbol, is the water bearer up in the heavens. I often wonder how they figure out those configurations. Because when I look at them, I don't see water bears, some humans, but that's why. We leave it to other people to figure that out. And the ancients did a good job. But actually speaking, Aquarians are an air sign, an intellectual sign, much more up in their head, much more thinking. And so every number has a positive and a negative, and so does every sign have a positive and a not so terrific. They're called kind of strengths and weaknesses. So Aquarians have some really very positive traits, as does every single sign. They're very intelligent. They are someone who is also interested in public. They like to be out in public. And they're really interested in a whole various array of topics they're clear they have a very witty mind they're great thinkers and therefore know that they're very interested in the opinions of other people whether they listen or not not too sure but they're curious so these kind-hearted Aquarians are witty intelligent caring creative interested in people on the other side, Aquarius folks may have some weaknesses, some things that need a little tweaking, a little bit of straightening out. So when it comes to humor, they can kind of turn sarcastic, and keep in mind that sarcasm is the lowest form. Of humor. It has a ridicule connected to it that is usually aimed at other people from an attitude of superiority. Personally, I don't like to be around sarcastic people. There's a dark humor frequently connected to Aquarians. Aquarians can be kind of stubborn almost like Taurus people, and they like to determine for themselves which path in life is the right one. When it comes to other people in the negative, these are their weaknesses, they can be uncaring to other people to the point where they're sometimes deemed unemotional, unreactive. And they can get into relationships, you know, without not really getting involved in the relationship. They kind of have a distancing around them. It's very difficult when an Aquarian is out of balance for them to develop an attachment to their families, to their kids, to their husbands or wives, to their relatives. They're rather aloof. They stand back. So in the, what I would call negative, Aquarian weaknesses are stubborn, unemotional, sarcastic, defiant, and a little bit aloof. So let's go back to the positive. We like to think about positive. Because everyone who's in the negative has to get into the positive. They have to jump into the soup, so aquarians are often visionaries. They can be very intellectual, very independent. they kind of have a marked deviation from what is conventional when it comes to careers. they're very humanitarian, and they believe in the saying of "You know, live and let live, not the James Bond theory there's this live and let live like whatever they're kind of natural california valley girls they constantly look for intellectual stimulants and this is very important to keep in mind if you have children who are aquarians because career-wise they need to be intellectually stimulated they like to discover new things Great discoverers, scientists, researchers. Very creative bent of mind. They can become great actors and theatrical personalities and dramatists and musicians. And they also make wonderful astrologers and they like to go up in space. I often wonder how many of our astronauts or airline pilots or flight attendants are Aquarians. They like to be up in space because that's where they feel comfortable. This creative bent in mind is very powerful. Now, when it comes to marriage, to love and marriage, as I said, Aquarians can get a little unemotional, a little aloof at times. And they get this imaginative picture of their perfect partner in their mind. And then they go searching for someone who fits into that imaginative perfect partner. And sensitivity and emotions don't always lay down a foundation for their relationship. Sometimes it's a little toughy to be in a relationship if you are romantic, for instance. If you were a Cancerian, those that are the sign of Cancer, they're very romantic. They love the flowers and the home and the candlelight and whatever. So it might, in a way, kind of sort of be a little toughy to be with Aquarius. Let's zero in on Aquarian males. Now, Aquarian males are usually passionate lovers on the condition that they can keep a balance between imagination and reality. Imagination and reality. I mean, what is this as far as the partner goes? Aquarian males may not make their feelings obvious for the first time. And, you know, they might stray a little bit somewhere in the relationship. But nine times out of ten, they will usually return to their old love. They get all caught up in their what-ifs and their imaginations. Remember I said they're, it's an air sign. They live out in la-la land a lot of times. Aquarian women, hello, can be sensual, can be very feminine, usually are very gifted with beauty in some fashion. And unfortunately, they might be afraid to take the lead in a relationship. So, you Aquarian gals out there, no scaredy cat. I want you to take the lead in your relationships. Satisfy those fancies that, that those boys have so they don't stray, go here, there, and everywhere know that this sun sign is about the intellect and next week we'll finalize talking about Aquarians as we move into the next sign which will be very very interesting our sign of Pisces we are you know about a third into the Mercury retrograde that is going on now. And I don't know about you, but my computer is testing my patience. It is slow. I click on one thing and something else comes up. This is very Mercury retrograde. Mercury rules communication. It rules Gemini, generally speaking, of communication. Communication. <laughs> And so when we're in a Mercury retrograde, Mercury just takes a little nap. It supposedly goes backwards, but no planet goes backwards. It's just an energy backwardness. And so last week I talked about a couple things connected to the Mercury retrograde. And this week we're going to talk about, okay, what do we look out for the do's and don'ts when Mercury is influencing your career? Now, an astrologer or someone who has a reading with me, when I run your astrology, I can see what house your Mercury was in when you were born, and nine times out of ten, no matter when Mercury like tools around here, that is going to be the issue, the house that Mercury is going to greatly influence, period, plus wherever it is, as what is called a transit. An astrologer or Elizabeth has to give you some insight about that. So when Mercury, the planet of communication, is in an influence career-wise, here are some do's and don'ts connected to your career. No, no matter what sign it's in, your career is most likely going to slow down aggravating especially if you are a fire sign. Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, let's keep this ball rolling and now whoa. Those are the NASCAR signs. And now we are Volkswagen. Now we are turtle during a Mercury retrograde in our career. So I want you to make use of this time to take care of any unkind of finished business. Clean up work. I've been putting files together. I've been taking care of some business details. I have been getting much more organizational. It's a time when you need to spend some extra time on important matters. Work on groundwork on projects. If you have an idea that's coming up, do the groundwork. Lay down the research. Lay down the focus of it. Plan it out. Put down the plans. Don't count on carrying them out, but lay down the plans. A lot of data or information that can be lost during a mercury retrograde. So I want you to be sure you back up any statistics. If you write a plan, back it up. Save it. Because things and data go haywire during a mercury retrograde. And some mercury retrogrades in your life are going to be more severe than others. It depends a lot on a lot of technical things that we don't have to talk about. When it comes to your contracts and agreements, they can be renewed, they can be renegotiated, but in other words, update them. Contracts can be resumed. Anything that was contractually started before uh, uh, January 25th, the Mercury retrograde, can be finished. But be sure every T is crossed, every I is dotted, and have another pair of eyes check it over. Now, some things you do not career-wise want to do during a Mercury retrograde. Do not start any new ventures. This is serious. This is a no-no, and know that it probably will be a total waste of time, total finances. You don't go out there and buy new computers. You don't sign up for new programs. I'm signing up for a new um, computer program, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting until after February 11th, and I'll tell you in addition to that, I want you to continue to wait a little bit more. For about a week, so maybe around 15, 16, 20, February 20th, we should be energetically pretty clear of the screw-ups if you can wait that long. And so wait until Mercury goes direct, which technically will be February 20th, no, no, February 11th, but there's a mopping up period. It has a technical name. We don't have to chat about that but it's a residue energy. Put off making permanent decisions. Do not start a new business or try to get a new job position during a Mercury retrograde. You can investigate, you can research, but wait for some time when you've laid down the groundwork to go for it. Don't make any new purchases. I would never buy a new computer, a new appliance, a new refrigerator, a new computer system. Now, if you have to, you have to. And put Archangel Michael on the project. I tell you folks, Archangel Michael is in charge of computers. And when there's a glitch or whatever, I call Archangel Michael in. I've had very good experiences with this. And he comes in energetically to help straighten things out. So no new contracts, no signing of agreements no new partnerships, no new alliances in the career field because you will have miscommunications, misunderstandings, and screw-ups. And who needs that aggravation? Next week, we're going to talk about romance. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Romance and the Mercury Retrograde. And I have some things to say from a personal experience starting a romance in a Mercury retrograde and it just didn't work, which is exactly... And you know the crazy thing is, I know all this stuff. Do I ever follow it all the time, all the time? No. So sometimes a lot of knowledge can be a dangerous thing And it doesn't save you from catastrophe. And it's very humbling. And the worst thing is for me to say to myself, You knew better. What were you thinking? Well there you have it. Now we're going to some numerology. In your birth name, the letters E is an Elizabeth M is in Nancy, W is William, all have the number five, E and W. I want you to look at your birth name and write how many and, and label all the E's, all the N's, all the W's. Now, there's so much to tell you as to the various aspects of numbers. What we write on paper is numerals. That's quantities. Six dozen eggs, nine dozen flowers, it's quantity. Numbers represent qualities. And people say, well, you know, how can numbers say anything? It says they say volumes about you, who you are, your attitude, your behaviors, when it's going to happen, how things go. And I go on and on and on when I do my readings for people. That's why I record everything, because there's so much to say. So don't think that numerology is just the basic one through nine, simple little things, whatever. No. And so tonight, we're going to use the information from an inordinate amount of fives in your name, an inordinate number of nines in your name, to help you to understand anger. And so by this time, hopefully you have labeled all the Es, all the Ns, all the Ws in your name. Now, when I do a reading, there is a formula technically called the inclusion table, the intensity table. I call it the toolbox formula because your birth certificate name represents to me your tools, your suitcase of baggages, of tools, of memories that you have accrued from previous incarnations that you're coming in here. That's why I need every single name on that birth certificate name. Confirmation names don't count. Baptism names don't count. Junior, senior, the third do not count. Miss, Mrs., whatever, does not count. That basic birth certificate name. If you're adopted, then we have to talk about a couple different things, but we're not getting into that tonight. And so here we are in that toolbox formula, the number five, which represents freedom, change, progressive thinking, adventuresomeness, risk taking. There should be about four, maximum five, letters in your birth certificate name. In order for it to be a non-issue, we have to keep theoretically in mind that the birth that your birth certificate name tells me as an esoteric numerologer what you are bringing into this incarnation. So then if you have more than 4 maximum 5, I had a client one time that had 115 in his name. Now we're getting into some out of balance some tweaking is needed. And all of those fives, out-of-bound fives, yes. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, fives, is what you're bringing in here. The fives represent energies, mindset, subconscious behaviors. It represents a very restless nature and energy that really lacks application, interest in too many things, and it goes from one line of work to another line of work, and it doesn't finish anything, and it can be unconventional, and it can be very bohemian, and sometimes because of that, it breaks a lot of laws and winds up in prison. It has an opportunity to communicate, to be involved in a lot of civic activities, salesmanship, But they need in their relationships someone who keeps them challenged, someone who's very interesting. They need a line of business where there's travel or working with the public because they can also be extremely critical. And here's where the anger comes in. Extremely. All those fives can cause that person to be extremely critical Of other people. The number fives, all those fives say they have zero patience. In previous lifetimes, they were folks that jumped off cliffs with no bungee boards because they were impulsive and patient. And I want what I want what I wanted, and I'm going to get it, whatever, and it helped to create some nasty karma in some of the charts that I do connected to all these fives. And it says that they are coming in here, all those five in that person, and maybe you who are listening, six, seven, eight, nine, five, whatever, more than five, with impatience, impulsiveness, arrogance, criticism, and an intolerance with other people. Because they're not keeping up with you and this creates anger. Initially, it creates, in this lifetime, creates frustration. The number five is a mental number. We have emotional numbers, artistic numbers, mental number, numbers, numbers in, in esoteric numerology. And number five is one of the mental numbers. These people are very mentally fast, 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 fast. They can... Okay, I got an idea. Let's get it done. Let's make it happen. Don't always think it through. Don't always plan it. And then they can't figure out why everybody else is not keeping up with them. And this creates frustration. And that frustration leads to anger. Frustration leads to anger. A lack of patience leads to anger. It creates anger and always remember that anger is a secondary reaction to whatever. Anger does not come first. Anger comes second. Something precedes anger. In this case, it's frustration. Come on, people. Can't you get it? Can't you see what I'm talking about? Come on, come on. Temper tantrums, throwing hissy fits. This is why anyone who has all those fives has to move their physical body because it's so high energy that that energy has to be expended physically. The number five represents the physical body. The number seven represents the spiritual body. We'll talk about that some other time. So the key to anger prevention is to identify false beliefs that are at the root of your emotions. And it is the emotions that cause you to generate certain thoughts, certain interpretations about things, false beliefs, coupled with other factors create a point of view that can create really destructive emotional reactions. Emotional reactions. Anger. So the two major ingredients of people who just flip out and are angry. Number one, fear. Fear. Number two, the perception of maybe being mistreated maybe being abused, maybe a combination of both. They create mental scenarios that drive these fears. Whether they're real or not, okay, different story. Anger really ties in as ancient humans to the natural fight or flight survival level when they perceive a real threat or something that is abusive, and then their emotions will respond in the same way that they imagine it's going to happen. But anger is still an emotional reaction that is fear-based, not being good enough, not being valued, not being someone who lives up to what they think they should be living up to. So it is important to change one's point of view and their false beliefs. that causes you to stop and say when you feel it flailing up, all right, what is behind this anger? Why am I feeling this emotional frustration, this emotional surge, if you will? And so know that those that have way too many fives, now there's, we're not going to pick on fives here tonight. But it's very prevalent. They are bringing in here with way too many fives subconscious memories from previous incarnations where they were very fast-paced, very active, very mentally alert, very, 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 the number five is connected to Mercury. We're in a Mercury retrograde now. So to slow down people's lives, for some people, really causes impatience. This darn computer Bum, 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 with his appliance, this car's not going fast enough, and you're sitting in traffic, and you're out of light, and you can't get through and whatever. And I remember years ago, well, I was not necessarily the most patient person in the world. I don't have too many fives, but being a fire sign, I, you know, patience was at back when, not necessarily now, but back when, I was not the most patient person in the whole world. And I remember being an, at stop signs or being at traffic lights and things were just not moving, moving, moving. Come on, come on. Can we go? And a voice came in and said this advice, which I use and I still use today and I share with you. And I use it in traffic, actually. I said to myself, all right, I'm not going to be sitting here tomorrow. It's only temporary. The lights eventually gonna change. I'll eventually it'll come day go day. But what cured me of traffic impatience was saying to myself, as I'm sitting there without peeping the horn, Okay, I'm not gonna be here tomorrow. It's only temporary. And sure enough, I calm down and then the lights change we all go merrily on our way. You're not going to be there tomorrow. You're here now. You're not going to be there tomorrow. You'll be amazed at how that attitude immediately straightens out a belief system of impulsive impatience and has little attitude adjustment. Anger is a secondary reaction to a false belief system of the way things shoulda, woulda, coulda be. Which now leads me to the number nine. And this is a phenomenal contradiction with the number nine. In your birth name, the letter I as an igloo And the letter R, as in Robert, which is one of my favorite names. It is a very powerful, beautiful, spiritual name numerologically. Let me just digress here and tell you a little story. From what I get, the emails that my people send to me, the listeners send to me, they like my stories. And as I just said, the name Robert, it brought up a story. That is something to share. Years ago in the 80s, when I was just kind of, sort of getting in touch with the work that I'm doing now as a spiritual counselor, esoteric numerologist, everything that I'm doing now, I was living in Pennsylvania and um, one day I was, I got the thought that a new spirit guide had come to me. A new guardian had come to me. Really? That's way cool. And I'm really big into names. I give them, I want to know their names. Now, the names that they tell us, it's not their spirit names, but they give us human being names. And so I said to this guide, I perceived that it was telepathically, that it was a male energy that was this new guide coming in. And I asked it its name and I immediately heard the name Robert. My name is Robert. I said to myself, Yeah, right, sure. Sure. So a couple of days later I get a phone call from a a businessman who was uh in Philadelphia. I have no idea whatever possessed me to do this. As I look back but nevertheless Who was interested in my work wanted a conference with me and you know i got in the car and i drove to philadelphia to meet this person and his name was robert this businessman was robert and i tell you he was just the coolest guy there was a magnetism between he and i and we did lunch and we talked and spent hours together and it was it was magnetic I just thought this guy was super cool. So as I'm driving back from Philadelphia to my home, I'm thinking about this human that I had just spent hours with, enjoying his company tremendously, his name name was Robert. I heard a voice come in telepathically and say to me, Now, do you believe me? Now, do you believe me? My guardian's name was Robert. So therefore, I take whatever I get henceforth. If your name is Scubalachi, I'll call you Scubalachi. But I knew in that moment of time, I had a guardian by the name of Robert. And numerologically, that name, to all you Roberts that are out there, is a powerful, spiritual, old soul name that's very beautiful. And that's nothing to do with the number nine, except the R of Robert does. The number nine is about completion. It is about totality. It is about humanitarianism. It is about wisdom giving. It is about the total package of numbers one through eight are all wrapped up in the number nine. The ancient Chaldeans did not use the number nine. To them, it was a sacred energy. They weren't going to use it. Pythagoras, who developed Western numerology, says, shoot, that's the way I look at it. Number one's is this, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever, and it's all wrapped up with a yellow ribbon, and the energy of the number nine. So in a birth name, there should be three or four letters of number nine that is about compassion, forgiveness, letting go, surrendering to a higher power, et cetera, et cetera. And it's about a lot of uh, impressionable situations, a lot of creativity, a lot of domesticity. Okay, fine. But when there are six or seven nines, oh, now we are out of balance. And six or seven nines give so much feeling which can be so much fear, so much emotionalism to this person who has all these too many nines that they become overly sensitive and moody and not too well physically, quite honestly. And they're without reason, without common sense. And so, therefore, here comes the control. Control is fear-based. Anyone who has a lot of nines, even a temperament, a birthday number of a nine, sometimes, can be mama's little helper. They're the ones that are out there helping everybody. Oh, here I'll do it for you. Oh, here I'll nurture you. Or here, this is that and the other thing. Under the guise of volunteering. Oh, let me do this, let me do that. And everyone says, whoa, that person is, they are so spiffy doodle. They really are the best people that are walking the earth. Uh-huh. But sometimes that is a control issue. That is fear-based. They run around and they are sent as little helpers in order to keep Everybody's lives under their thumb, all situations under their control. Because if it gets out of control of them, it scares them. It scares them. They usually don't have the belief in themselves that they can handle whatever comes along. And so, therefore, to avoid the belief system and to avoid being scared and fearful of their own lack of ability, they will control out of niceness. Therefore, let's be sure that we keep everything in balance. Then, when things do not go along the lines of all of those nines and even all those fives, the number nine is the energy of Mars, and Mars is the god of war. Now, right now, Mars is taking a little nap, but Mars is going to go on March 3rd into Aries, and Mars rules Aries, so hold on to your hats Mars and March, folks. But the number nine, when it's out of control, is about control, will create arguments, and when they find themselves in an argument, they feel like they're losing control of their emotions, and they've ta- that they have taken on in their own lives, and they then become aware of what's happening. Taking a deep breath, you've got to step back, take a deep breath, breathe, if you will. But they find emotional triggers that cause arguments to have you know to do with the present situation, but really subconsciously have brought up feelings. Related to situations. You need to look very honestly. As to. Okay. What am I angry about? Anger is a secondary reaction. Is it frustration? Is it people are not doing. What I think that they should be doing. The shoulda, woulda, coulda. This is my value system. And I think. This is what they should be doing, which is an ego trip, and it's fear-based. Because if they do what they think they should be doing because they're really responsible for their own actions, you're not. Well, you get so angry about it. They're entitled. They're entitled. Sometimes these frustrations are taken out on people that are closest to us because then we feel safe and blowing our tops we feel comfortable with them but it's really misplaced anger that can cause more harm than good so truly try the best that you can not to react emotionally in situations control issues are really toughies they're always based on fear They're very unpredictable and very ambiguous. We kind of sort of feel as though we need to prove ourselves. According to whom? Who are you trying to prove yourself to? Now, a lot of times this goes back to childhood. It goes back to our parents. And next month I'm going to be talking about karmic partnerships, which include parents. But as children, we may have grown up in situations where we felt we had no control over our lives, where there was abuse, maybe alcoholism, maybe financial difficulties. And so we had to kind of prove, if nothing else, to ourselves that we have value. But that was so scary for a child. And so many of us carry those childhood traumas into adulthood, and there's a fear of losing control. Therefore, in order for us not to face that fear that we remember as a child of not having control over our lives, and how scary that was, oh, oh my gosh, we run around with incessant need that can be very overwhelming, very exhausting, wrecks havocs in relationships and careers, please. So know that anger, a secondary reaction, is always based on fear of losing control. There's the struggle. There's the struggle, a feeling of helplessness, a feeling of being vulnerable a feeling of being abused or neglected, and going to a therapist, sometimes, hopefully, with the right therapist, can absolutely resolve that. You know, not everybody had a spiffy-doodle, lovey-dovey childhood. You have to keep in mind that your soul planned the whole thing out. And we're just playing out the novel that we wrote for ourselves prior to incarnation. The number nine is about father. Maybe some of us had fathers that were bears that didn't value us or honor us. In some families, the mother acts like the father, and the father acts like the wuss, and a follower, whatever the energy is. Reggie rules, routine, diet, cleanliness, order, can be shown in adulthood as a control issue. Constantly. Everything has to be neat. Everything has to be folded. Nothing on the ground. Everything has to be very cleanly, very diet-oriented, very routine, rigid, A to B, B to C. We get up at 7, we go to bed at 9, blah, 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 blah. Everything has to be in order, and there are some sun signs that are very predominant when it comes to that. But that is a sign of control, trying to keep their own lives in control because it makes them feel safe and it makes them feel content and makes them feel okey dokie So how can we resolve some of these control issues that precipitate anger and frustration, anger management? Number one, let go of your fear of the unknown. Allow yourself to let someone else plan a date or pay the bills for a day or trust other people to do things and don't be critical of them. Start slow. Surrender a little control out of time, some of us. And just ask your friends and family To kind of sort of be patient with you, which takes a little bit of humility. That's for help. As you're trying to let go of things. I have a favorite saying that says, we don't wear our baby shoes anymore. What are we holding on to these old issues? My father beat me up. My mother was this. My sister was that. My whatever. Would you please let go and get on with your life? That was then, this is now. Would you learn from that? Let's use it as a positive tool. Realize your family and friends just might be different from you. And they may have their own way of doing things. But they're just as effective as you. So let others decide for themselves how to live their lives. Take your thumb off of their lives. We are responsible for ourselves first. That's the number six. Then our children to a certain age. You know, and then when they fly the coop, your, your foundation has been laid down. They're going to play it out. They're going to have their own issues. Your job is not to tell them what to do. You can make some suggestions, but you don't tell them what to do if you ever want to have them talk to you again. I want you to be an empathetic listener, which I talked about last week. It's one of my big issues. Talk to others about issues and topics. That interests them and work on listening and contributing to the conversation. It's not about you. Share, share, share. Allow other people to hold your baby. Other people to bring food. Other people to plan events. Allow others to feel closer to you. And ultimately, you'll have a satisfied relationship. Let's take the spandex of life off. Okay, fine. Well, this is a new adventure. I mean, uh, let me give it a shot. Let's be a little risk taker. Trust. Trust, trust, trust. Allow yourself to trust. Let go of the need to be perfect. To excel in everything. Only Mother, Father, God is perfect. I'm not. You're not. And just have an attitude of, I love you, warts and all. And sometimes, those imperfections are what are the most interesting things about a person. So I hope you have a clear understanding of just where maybe. Some of the anger might come from other lifetimes and in your subconscious. And maybe how to handle some of the issues in anger management. I would love for you to go to my website. We have very little time left. Go to my website, ElizabethSummers.com or The Magical World of Numbers. Order a reading. Schedule a reading with me. So let's see what's happening in your life in 2015 or what is the blueprint that you have put together. It's all explained there on the toolbar under numerology readings. I am a medium. I visit with loved ones and spirits. And if you have one or two questions, I do psychic intuitive work. You are welcome to set up that schedule also. Do sign up for my newsletter. Read the articles that I have posted on my website. If you are on iTunes or Stitcher, I would be so grateful if you would write a review for the Magical World of Numbers and give us a rating so that we can move up the ladder, have more exposure so that we can all help each other to be a life of peace and quiet. Know that I'm always here for you. I see you all the time. Next week we're going to talk about some very interesting partnership situations, and you know that until we meet again, I send you God's white light, peace, and his harmony, and know that I wish you all good things and Thank you so much one more time for visiting with me in the magical world of numbers. <laughs>